You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Isaiah chapter 40 will be in uh, several verses in Isaiah chapter 40 and looking at this, of course, the, uh, the main towards the end, verse number 31, very familiar passage there, and that's kind of where we'll stay towards the end of it, but we'll go through a couple of different verses there. In Isaiah chapter 40, I guess we can go ahead and read like we normally do, and then I'll get ready to preach. So if you do have your Bibles and you're able to turn there, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Brother, um, Brother Aaron, you know, this was, Pastor's notes were all on there in his sermon, so you can just, you can just roll that up. We're we'll going we'll go old school tonight and just use whatever you have. If you have your phones, turn to Isaiah chapter 40, your Bible's there. You guys can roll up the projector. If you don't have it all fancy, dancy tonight. However, I do have a way to make this into a sticker. If you really do want that, if there's a couple kids in here tonight, uh, the main four points, uh, it was, um, I was blessed to have gone to a graduation uh, in Washington. So when I, when I preached this uh, message to them in, in the end of uh, June, I was able to just present them with the water bottle and sticker. It's nothing, it's, it's for cheesy. But anyways, if you would like one, I had some extras from that. Uh, from the graduation, so just don't feel weird to say, hey, I want that sticker. Put it right in the middle of your Bible. I have mine on my water bottle, but it's a great reminder to me because I'll tell you right now, it's good. The last point is expectancy. We get so fatigued in this life. I'm preaching right now. We get so fatigued in this life that we just lose our strength, and that last one is just to have that expectancy on God, and so it's just a reminder for me. I put on my water bottle, and as I drink it because I do get thirsty, just a great analogy to realize that I am faint, I go weary, I grow tired, and then I, I see the verse, it's on that sticker, and it's just, a, it's an encouragement to me. Um, if I had time, I would have printed them out and we would pass them out to everybody, but next time I'll just pass them out on a, on a random night and just say that goes way back when. So if you have your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 40, we'll read verses, let's see here, let's go ahead and read verse 27 through 31, if you please stand as we read from Isaiah 40. 27 through 31. And let's go ahead and do like we normally do. We'll have you read uh, each and every verse. So starting with verse 28, <clears throat> you're joining me. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And thank you. You may be seated. We'll get right ready into the message here. Uh, a small recap breakdown of Isaiah. It's a long book, probably a very confusing book. Every time I read it, I don't know half of what's going on half the time. Uh, but the first 39 chapters, uh, God is dealing with the nation of Israel. And we, we read there, uh, now says thou, or Jacob, O Israel, verse number 27, uh, talking about the tribe, the nation of Israel. Jacob, his name was turned into Israel. But God is talking, uh, he has Isaiah as a, as a prophet, a messenger uh, for a specific time, a specific place, and he is, he is dealing with, with the hardness 
of Israel at this time in, in the nation. And they have, much like times in the past, they have gone back and forth, turning to their gods, turning to uh, their own mechanisms, and departing from God. And God tell, uh, tells Isaiah uh, to let them know what's about to happen, some great uh, just repercussions. Uh, it, was, it was a very hard 39 chapters. Isaiah is just telling them what God is going to do to them in judgment. And, you know, just going back to that email, uh, talking about the lady, Selena, that was emailing back, just looking at God's judgment and how also God has grace and love and not able to understand. And that is a confusing one, isn't it? God is absolute justice. He's absolute holy, but yet he's absolutely love. And since God is absolute justice and holiness, he can't tolerate any sin. But just with that same fervor and that same desire towards sin, God has that same love towards the sinner. God has absolute love for us, and that is God's holiness and his justice, how they are bound together. And then we see in, verse, uh, in chapter 39, uh, God provides a way out of their sin. Uh, you can look in that chapter in a little bit. I might point to a couple of verses in verse number 39. Uh, but this is talking about when they're going to go into captivity, and it's going to look bad for the, for, the, um, for the people of Israel. It's just eight short verses of how their doom is about to, come play, uh, about to come to be. I don't know how you would take it, but if pastor just came here and just told you eight simple uh, sentences of what God's about to do, it would meet, leave you very defeated. It would leave you very empty. But see, here's the amazing thing about God, because it now begins to switch in the last half of, of Isaiah. They liken Isaiah to almost the, the, the complete Bible, the 66 uh, chapters in Isaiah. Uh, the first 39 are very just rough hard. And now we start switching the, the table, verses or chapters 40 on through 66. You see the very first words that God tells Isaiah, even though God had to let them know that judgment was coming. Look at the first words God tells Isaiah to say, comfort ye, comfort ye my people. God is so loving towards us, isn't he? Even though judgment is about to take place, he wants his people comforted. And that is just how great of a God we have. God is always there. Uh, just because he has all the holiness, he has all of that love, and he wants to see uh, his love towards us as well. But the nation of Israel, they kept turning to other nations for their strength, uh, for their provision, for their needs. Uh, they turned to other gods, other idols, uh, much like we do today, whether it be the gods of just simply materialism, uh, whether it be the, the fact that our culture has gods. Uh, we are in Financial Peace University. I'm not here to turn it, but, you know, we, we're, we're trying to get financial peace and stability. And even in a way, having that financial stability, having investments, that can even become wrapped up into our own God. We can make sure that we are, uh, we are just comforted around the fact that we have a cushy bank account or we have all these extra plans for retirement. And that's what we're gearing for. That's great to have. But this is what the nation of Israel had. They, they took their view off of God and onto the, the lands of this nation and onto other, other gods there. And Isaiah comes back to ask the, uh, the nation of Israel, who will you trust? And that was the repeating question, the repeating theme in the book of Isaiah. Who are you going to trust? God gives them a, uh, he gives them with a, a solution, a deadline, a wall, and says, okay, now what are you going to do with it? Who are you going to trust? And then verse 39, we see the captivity to Babylon is going to be uh, just prophesied there. But then God gives that awesome display of love and justice. And that's where we want to get into it right now. We're already getting to the sermon. It'll be a quick one today, but I hope we can wrap our heads around how good God is today. That's just what the messages want to give you encouragement. 
uh, our strength, it is, t it, we do run out of strength, do we not? Uh, I just did uh, my second workout with my wife last night, and praise the Lord, it was only a 17-minute workout, and it was about 15 minutes too long for me, and it was, it was, it was just all core, hoo! and anyways, I was just doing some different things than pulsing and holding, and I was, I was doing one where it was a seat in my leg, I was supposed to just be holding, touching my legs, and I couldn't even control my legs, they just were slowly falling down. It's just, I was just watching him go down. But anyways, looking at, at, at that, we're going to look at God. I don't know what, make that apply right there. How I, anyways, we're going to look at, oh, the need of strength. That's what I was talking about. How our strength just falls out. It depletes from us. We can go through any type of, uh, any type of work. It's depleted physically. It gets depleted emotionally. It gets depleted spiritually. Our strength just falls out of us. We are so finite. Uh, it doesn't matter how young we may be, and I know the older you get, some of the older people in here are just saying, oh, you, go, you have nothing, uh, you have everything to look forward to, your strength's just losing you. But even as a young person, just watching the kids and doing something, you just get so fatigued. Uh, Pastor Ms. Brown can contribute to this right now. Just an emotionally, physically draining time in their life right now. And some of you going through the same exact things. And here's the amazing thing about that. We're going to look here in just a little bit. It's going to be good. It's just a simple pattern. We all go through times where our strength is complete and then it's depleted. And it's just a, it's a cycle of life, isn't it? We have high mountaintops and then we have low valleys. And then we get our energy back up. We have some water and then we lose our strength all over again. There's another phone call. There's an email that comes in. There's a letter in the mail. And just in a moment's notice, strength is just exuberated out of us. It is gone. It is depleted. So Isaiah chapter 40 Verses 12 through 15, this is where it gets real good. I hope you're, I hope you're ready for some good stuff tonight here. It's going to be good. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 12 through 15. Let's read from the Word of God here. Where are we? Here we go. Isaiah, what did I say? 40? 12? Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Let's just stop right there. God has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. Do you know how many oceans there are? I think there's like five, right? Anyways, there's, I was going to say not, I gave myself a trick question. I wrote down how many lakes there are. There are estimated 117 million lakes. That is got all the water, all the oceans, all of the ponds, the rivers, the valleys. God holds it in the hollow of his hand. This is, this is one capful, maybe a little bit more, and my hand is already losing it. Ken, you got a visitor today. Think fast. Anyways, God right there, uh, verse number 12. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out the heaven with a span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a, uh, dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. <clears throat> this is our God. So today, first number, the first point, uh, you've heard that song, but it's a little bit different. The end doesn't say mighty. But for uh, point number one, if you're uh, just listening along, God is so big, so strong, and so good. And he is also so mighty. But God is so big, so strong, and so good. That is our God tonight. He has all the waters in his palms. The heavens, the sky, the atmosphere. The Bible says it is his, his, his span, his pinky to his thumb, all of the entire uh, galaxies, the, the heavens, 
just in his span, God can, can, and can weigh out, or not weigh out, can measure out the, the skies there from his thumb to his pinky. It says in verse number 15 that the nations are as a drop of a bucket. Just a simple drop in a bucket. That's the entire, that's all the dynasties, all the great dynasties of the past that you heard about in class that you're looking at. Man, these guys are just conquerors. All the dynasties throughout civilizations that we know of to today, every president, every king, every single thing that this, all the great uh, greatness of, of triumphant leaders, uh, past, present, and future, God just puts them as a drop of a bucket. They said, he said, they're as counted, verse number 15, as the small dust of the balance. And behold, he take up the aisle as a very little thing. Interesting thing about the dust of balance, any of you might be gold miners out there, you go up to Grass Valley, you see some of the, the, uh, the gold pans and whatnot. But before they would measure, a lot of things do, done in the Bible days were, were, were measured off of the, the balance scales. They had, you know, just like we think of uh, offering challenges back in junior church, whoever had the most weight, they would win. But before they would even begin to weigh out what the produce was or what the grain being purchased was to make sure it was a level purchase or an equal purchase for both parties, they would just blow off the dust just to make sure there was no unfair balance on that scale. And that is what God says. Not even the thing is going to be balanced. It's the little dust that might get in the way of the weight. That's what the entire dynasty is. That's what all of that is. It's just dust in the balance to God. Wow, God is so big, he is so strong, and he is so good. The heavens are as a throw. Verse number 22, uh, uh, 24, it says, is, is the he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. Just like you make that bed maybe every morning or maybe every occasionally, when you take that sheet and you just throw it up in the air, that's what God likens just the entire universe. He just throws it just like we would do like a blanket or maybe something on a, on a living room right before you cozy up to maybe a movie or a family night when it's maybe fall time getting ready for Thanksgiving. You have some crisp smells of maybe pumpkin and apple and what a great time to have a blanket with you. You throw out that blanket. That is the comparison that God has to the entire universe. He just throws it out like a, like a throw, like a throw uh, blanket there. And we still have blankets around our house. I think the other night my wife was using one. It's middle of summertime. But anyways, that is, that is our God. He throws the heavens out as a throw. He sits on the entire uh, circle. And he looks at everyone there, the heavens as a throw. And when you, uh, we just see here simply that God, he is just so big. He is so strong and he is so good. That is point number one. And now let's get full circle here. It wouldn't be full circle. But now we see verse number 28 and 29. We're going to look at ourselves here just for a little bit. And then it says, uh, uh, just the next point here is, I am very small, very needy, and very weak. Have you ever got to realize that sometimes you think that you have all the ability to do something and it could just take as easy as, like we said earlier, a phone call or something can take place and you realize, I can't do anything about it. You just feel so insignificant. You want to do something and you realize not even because you just physically aren't able to, there's nothing you even can do. And you start realizing how truly minuscule we are as a person and how we compare to God. We are so small, we are so needy, and we are so weak. But yet, 
God cherishes us, yet God loves us. Verse 28 and verse 29, it says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Wow, God for some reason, favors us. He is almighty. He is all-powerful. And he looks at itty-bitty us, and he says, I will give you might because you have no might. We are so weak. We are so needy, and we just need to depend on God. And verse number 29 says, even the youths shall faint and be weary. Even the youngest of people, the teenagers right now, they're experiencing it as they ran their heart out playing ultimate football probably just an hour ago. They are dead. They are tired. And their, their energy even depletes because that's just the way we are. We cannot uh, continue to keep that, uh, that, 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 that energy continuing to go up. We just lose it. And no matter what uh, you may turn to, maybe coffee, iced coffee, frappuccinos, maybe it's energy drinks, maybe it's Mountain Dew, soda. No matter what five-hour energy you, you douse, it can't give you the energy for more than just the day because we get our energy depleted so many times. And here's that cycle that it goes back to. You see, every person has energy, and then we expend said energy, and then it goes into exhaustion. That is the circle of life. We have energy, we expend it, and then we're exhausted. Energy, expend it, exhausted. And that's where we find ourselves. And then that's not all. Here's where it gets real good. It's just kind of like maybe some of you guys have that little wind-up uh, toy. Uh, Joel, he has a couple of those little toys that you wind it up or you push back the tires and you see it go about maybe three feet. There's some of them that are really cool. They actually go like eight feet. But even the neatest of the wind-up toys, they still have a distance that they can travel. Isn't that right? They can't go for an unmeasurable amount of time or, or ability. That would be an awesome toy, though. Someone should invent that one. That way to keep my son very happy that wouldn't need much playtime for me. But why don't I want to play with my son? He's my child, for goodness sake. Anyways, here we go. The evidence of the circle of life. That, ex that energy, that expenditure, and that exhaustion. We see it personally. We see it financially. You have money. You spend money. You're empty-handed. You have happiness. You have your happiness full. Happiness is drained from you. You're depleted from happiness. Maybe it's in... Uh, any time, it's in maybe your spiritual walk with God. How many times have you just been so energized and fired up from the Lord, thinking nothing is going to slow me down? Was it three minutes later? You're over there willingly sinning? Anyways, that's how I find myself. Here it is. I'm just thinking, wow, nothing is going to stop me from just loving the Lord today. And then just, there goes an ice cream truck, and I forgot that I was fasting for that day, and I'm chasing down the ice cream man. But anyways, it's, a, it's amazing how easy that we can just expend all of the, the emotions of life, and it just leaves us depleted because we're going back, and I'm not here to make you self-pity yourself, but we're just small. We are needy. We are very weak. But that's not what we're leaving you here with today because we know God is the opposite, and God gives us that strength. He gives us that might, and we're going to see what happens. But I will say this. It's in that time of exhaustion. That's when we really need to be careful. Uh, that time of exhaustion, Vince Lombardi, that great man of the faith, says, fatigue makes cowards of us all. Isn't that true? When we're fatigued, when we're truly exhausted, that's when we make the most mistakes. That's when we should have closed up shop for the day, right? That's when we should have went home and just had our minds refreshed. But we decided to push a little bit more, and that's when all the mistakes normally happen at the workplace or in life. And weary people, we make bad decisions. 
they do destructive, foolish, irrational things that they would not have done if they weren't so weary and fatigued. In our low seasons of weariness and times where we have despair, discouragement, or even depression, that's when you see the side effects, the marital affairs, the bad financial decisions, the intoxicating substances and addictions, the numbing mechanisms of life. Don't come and we're energetic. They come and we're depleted and we're fatigued and we're wearied. And when we're looking for ways out of it, and that's when the devil is so very good at that time. And not even the devil, but our own flesh, just trying to look for ways out of it. We turn to these numbing mechanisms uh, that just leave us even more depleted than when we were. Our energy never gets refreshed because we're into numbing mechanisms. Uh, and then we're, these low points of how we see ourselves, they begin to define the rest of our life. What we do in these low valleys of how we define who we are, it kind of just springs us into the person we end up being for the rest of our life. Um, I'll skip that illustration. That was a good one. Florence Chadwick, swim from Catalina. Anyways, it was a great, tremendous story. She wanted to swim these 15 miles, but she gave up on shore. And I said, I'm going to skip it out there. I've told that to you in the past. It was a great story. Uh, but she said this, when she thought she was going to make it to shore, but the fog of life was completely in front of her. She couldn't see. She ended up only stopping, I think, about eight minutes from the shore, from swimming distance. And she said, if I think, if I could have seen the shore, I would have made it. Isn't that the same thing for our life? When we're in these low times and we don't know how we can get out, when we go to those addictions or when we go to those sins or those strongholds, then we realize, I was just so close. If I kept my eyes on Jesus, I could have made it out. And then we have now the conclusion, the tying of it all. And now we see here that we are, we, we are weak, we are needy, but God is strong. He is great. He is good. But God's strength is very real. It's very present and it is very accessible. God's strength, he is trying to pour it out unto us. Verse number 31, we just looked at verse number 30. Even the youth shall faint, verse 30, and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait, Upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God's strength, it's real strength. It's an accessible strength. And it is very present. And he wants to give it to you right now. And that, that uh, right there, that word wait, it literally means, uh, and wait on the, uh, not wait, wait upon the Lord. It literally means to bind together. It's to be restful patience absolute expected dependence have you ever had absolute expected dependence on something probably back when you're a child when maybe you're waiting for something to come in or you knew something was going to happen you just couldn't go another step until that package came in our kids we don't live on a street where the ice cream truck comes around so they see it occasionally and they just say why are all those kids buy that truck i say oh that's just a different life for you kids but although they don't have the ice cream truck they have the blue smile van, and it may not play the happy jingle music, but it drops off a box. And they know when that box comes around, they have absolute dependence, and they say the mailman's here, and they are so excited for what's about to come. And that's what we have to have when we are so depleted on our own lives, when we are so depleted by spouses, by jobs, by life, by finances. We have to be that little kid looking out that window with that blue smiley face van coming around and say, here it comes. I'm waiting. I am dependent on this package. And God, here he is. He says, but they that wait upon the Lord. 
those that have absolute dependence upon the Lord. I'm not preaching for Pastor Ms. Brown, but here they are listening inside their house right now, and they don't know where, what's going to come of the situation. But you know what happens? They have absolute dependence on God to carry them through. And though they may be fatigued, they have that, that great strength that is being very real to them right now. And even though I am weak, God is strong, and I will wait in durable expectation for him. And so the more we try to do it on our own, the more it just pushes us more into that rut that we can't just get out of that exhausted state. And so now we have the fourth element to that circle. You have energy, you have expenditure, you have exhaustion, but then you have expectancy. When you just wait on that Lord, he's the one that refuels you back up to energy. And of course, it goes back to exhaustion, back to expenditure, but then it goes back to that wonderful expectancy on the Lord. And I don't know where you may be today. Maybe you're just truly just depleted and you have no more strength physically, emotionally. Maybe there's been some big hurdles in your life. I just would encourage you, just have that total dependence on the Lord. Uh, verse number 11 says, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Aren't you so happy that God takes care of us? He gently leads us on. He feeds us. He's our shepherd. He gives us, when we, are hung, when we are hungry, he gives us food. When we are weary, he gives us strength. God will take care of us. And when we are, when we are truly without strength, God will give us that expectancy of hope that God gives us back to that energy. And so nobody here on verse number 31, you may look at that. And maybe as I did as a teenager, I always looked and said, how should I truly run and not be weary? We understand that this is not necessarily a promise for right now to where we will never grow weary, we will never faint. But this is a heaven, this is a kingdom promise that when we put our faith and total dependence on the Lord, here's the gospel in verse number 31. I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but 31 is a perfect picture of God's gospel, God's salvation to everyone. When we have dependence on the Lord, when we ask him just to be with us, to save us, to come into our hearts, he gives us that eternal strength that's never going to run out, that's never going to run weary. We shall run and not grow weary. We shall, we shall walk and not faint. This side of heaven, that's never going to be the case. We're always going to run and still grow weary. We're going to walk and faint. Isn't that sad when you stop going for running, getting tired, and you just go from walking to getting tired? I mean, can you get a witness on that one? I, I have a segue. I don't even walk around here anymore. That's because I grow faint all the time. But that here is a kingdom promise from God Almighty. He is going to one day truly grant that ultimate strength where we don't have any of these emotional drains down here on earth. All these physical torrents and relationships, God is going to come back and he's going to replenish us. And until then, when our energy is expended and we leave exhausted, let me encourage you, have true and total expectancy and durable faith that God will come through and refresh us with that great strength so we can go back and do it all over again. I know it may sound wearisome, but that's how God's plan is. When we have, he wants us to have that full, total, perfect energy in our life. So wherever you may be in that, let's make sure our expectancy is on the Lord. Lord, I thank you so much just for this night, Lord. I thank you for working in my heart and my life, Lord. And uh, just thank you that you have worked in uh, just the lives of these people and that we need to depend on you. I don't know where everyone is in here tonight, uh, Lord, but we are so grateful as we sing, uh, when the roll is called up yonder. What a great heavenly kingdom promise, Lord. The fact that when we put our faith in you, like Isaiah 40, 31 says, 
uh, we will truly, Lord, uh, not grow weary. We will not faint because our faith and dependence is on you. I pray that you would have worked throughout this message, Lord. I pray that you would help these uh, members as they go out their way throughout the week. Maybe they're so tired, Lord, they got a, a big decision to make throughout the week or uh, whatever may be the case. I pray that you would give them that expectancy, uh, that they would wait upon you, Lord, and that you would refresh, that you would restore, that you would revitalize and re-strengthen, Lord. Renew their strength tonight, please. I pray that you would renew Pastor Miss Brown's strength, Lord. I pray that you would renew all the workers, Lord, physically working on this building. And, Lord, just the minds that go around it, Lord, that the members, as they go about their own work, Lord, and they stay in their own battles with their family and with their employers and, and with their jobs and businesses, I pray that you would work through them, Lord, and give them uh, refreshed and renewed strength as well. Uh, Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for giving us your promise, and thank you uh, that your strength is uh, it's, it's present, Lord. It's accessible, and you can give it to all of us, Lord. You give, uh, you give us might, Lord, and you delight in it. Uh, you're such a great God to us, Lord. I pray that we'd love you more and just live for you, please. We'll just have a short word. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.